Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, and joined by my lovely, talented wife, Miss Southern Shell. Tyler's over on the boards for us. What's going on, folks? Not much. We were off last week. Yeah. Why were you off? Because you were you you took a beach vacation. What happened was I booked a beach vacation with some of my friends, just a few days on the beach, real close. And you immediately said, "Well, I'm going to book me one too." I didn't go to the beach. You went to the water. Yeah, I went to the water. We went down. Uh, me and the me and the other buck junkie guys went down to Venice, Louisiana, and did some red fishing. We're trying to get in on a tuna trip, but the the seas were a little rough, and you know. But I don't do rough seas. Yeah. <laughs> we did go, man, Venice, Louisiana is a long way. How long is it? Well, I mean, not, I mean, long way. I say long way. It's no longer than y'all drove to the beach. It says it's six and a half hours to yeah. get there from, yeah. from our house, which isn't bad. But in, in New Orleans, it's not a bad drive at all. You know, I can do New Orleans in five hours. But that extra hour and a half feels like five hours <laughs> because traffic. Like I've never been in traffic in New Orleans. Really? We went around. I guess would be did the you go east through side. New Orleans? Yeah. Oh yeah, by the Superdome and everything. But so normally we come in from, you know, the fifty five side, and we loop in, get off right there on the Canal yeah, Street yeah. exit, and you're downtown, and it's just you know New Orleans. But this time we went. We got off at Hammond because um, my buddy Buddha and Brad. Has uh, he's got? I think he's got two of them. It's called Ronnie's Boudin and Cracklin. Mm-hmm. It's a, I guess Is it's it a restaurant market? slash meat market. I mean, you can buy like he had coolers with like raw uncooked meat in them mm-hmm. that you could buy boudin sausage. You could like buy, you know, meat or seafood yeah. or both. Both, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, his were all. I think his were all pork that I had. Okay, because I bought. He had uh, he had boudin. He had the fresh. My favorite's the fresh cracklins. Pork belly cracklins, God, they're so good. But I tried, I tried a little bit of everything. I bought smoked boudin. I bought just regular boudin, which I guess is like steamed or something. Mm-hmm. I bought boudin balls. I bought some meat pies, which is like a little Cajun. It's like my little favorite Jamaican meat pies. Yeah. But these are like Cajun version. And then I bought. Uh, they had, they still had some boudin kolaches left from breakfast. And I bought Those a pound delicious. of cracklins. Yeah. So I I had me a good. I didn't eat all that. I mean, I took. Like, this was going to be road snacks and take me with yeah, us to the yeah. fish camp. And so I wanted to stop. This is the first time I've ever stopped there. And it's not that far off 55. Um, I think it's on Airport Road if you're ever in the Hammond area. But it's just, you know, it's just a little boudin stop and it's good. I mean, he had, so he had the hot sauce and the seasoning there on the counter and you just, you know, you go sit down. He's got a few tables. It's, there were people eating in because he does like a daily lunch special. Yeah. I think the day we were there was like briskets and, rice or like dirty rice or something like that so it looked good but i was feeling boudin so we got like they sold a half sleeve of crackers and you got your boudin <laughs> they wrapped up the links in like butcher paper yeah and your other stuff coming its own little individual bag and you just you know if you want to drink get something out of the drink box and and sit down at a little table and eat your boudin with crackers and hot sauce that's pretty the cool. rest of it goes with you in the truck it's perfect for riding yeah because everything is in its own little bag and i love the way they do the cracklings they serve they they give you like a pound of cracklings. What is cracklings exactly? It's, so it's pork belly that's been rendered out. And if you've ever had like pork rinds or something like that, it's the best version of that. And so what, what it is, they cut the them in cubes. Yeah, yeah. 
they cut them in cubes about like you know, how we do the pork belly burn ends. Mm-hmm. And then they just start cooking them down. They might put a little water in the pot, but not much. And you're just basically rendering the fat out of them. So you do it once. We tried this one day. We did yeah. it this one day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but the, the trick is you got to cook them twice. So most of the time you'll see them with these big, like, witch's cauldron pots, like a jambalaya pot, you know, the cast iron pot. Yeah. You put them in there and you just start cooking them over low heat until the fat starts melting. And what it does is it renders the fat out of it. And sometimes they have a little piece of that meat on there. You know how the belly does? Yep. And so you get that texture difference from the fat to the meat. Yeah, because the then, meat's usually a little chewier and the yeah, fat's yeah. like real just melting your That's mouth. That's right. Because the meat, I, I would kin the meat to a little bit like jerky. Yeah. And so, so you cook it down, and the fat renders, and that's what cooks it, the, the lard that's cooking out. But the rest of the fat that remains gets, like, super melt-in-your-mouth crispy. And so you cook it all one time, and you take it out, and usually you see them, like, you know the flats that, like, cases of canned drinks used to come in or beer? It's just, yeah, like, the just cardboard a, flat, like we yeah, use for frying yeah. fish and put paper towel on it. They'll throw them in those after the first cook. When they get rendered down, they're kind of toss them around. And then they set them up there and drain and then they crank the temp up a little bit to get that grease like frying temp. I'm guessing like 350, something like that. They hit, they throw them back in. So they've kind of cooled down and drained. Well, what temp were they cooking them the first go uh, I would just say low, just because you're trying to render it. Because you so don't want to do them too fast. Rendering. Yeah, okay. slowly rendering. And you'll see them, they start shrinking. They make their own grease or lard. Yeah. That's what you cook them back in the second go. So once you get them all par fried and, and rendered down, you crank that temp up a little bit to deep frying temp and you drop them in and it kind of poofs them a little bit. They get yeah. extra crispy. And then you take them out and season them. That's when they're so good. They're, but that was, so that's my favorite really thing. Yeah. That's the, the, it's worth to stop at any of those. So like in that part of the new Orleans part and the little gas stations, you don't see it as much, but when you start yeah. going West through like Acadia, Cajun country, there's all kinds. Every little gas station will have boudin and cracklings, you know, and that's 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 and where it's you good want to go. too. Yeah. Usually, really oh, good. Real there's, deal. There's one gas station we always stop at. That one's in Kentwood. Kentwood, the home of Britney Spears. Yeah, yeah. Or birthplace of. Britney <laughs> hey, you Spears. know that's still Cracker too. He's opening up a place there. Oh yeah. I think it's uh, he's having like a grand opening celebration uh, crawfish cook off. Like, is it this month, the 24th? Yeah, I think it's not next weekend, but the next. If I don't have something booked, I'm going to go pop in on him down there. I know, but but I got us tickets to Dwight Yoke on. I know. That's going to be tough. (laughs) I see Dwight on Friday and then drive down to Kentwood on Saturday. I don't know if I can make it. We could do it, I guess. But that's in Kentwood. That's all 55. That's like, as soon as, it's not too far once you cross over into Louisiana. It's like, you know, the first main exit. There's a Chevron there. Yes, the Chevron stop. They've got the boudin, and they've got fried shrimp. They're like prawns. Man, they're so good. And they have like... A, and they got a casino. You, can go, a you casino. go next door and play like slot machines. I don't know how legal that is. And they have a daiquiri, but, like yeah. a frozen daiquiri <laughs> section. They may do bingo there or something. Yeah. I always thought... I hadn't, you know, we hadn't stopped there in a while. Well, there used to be. We stopped all the time. Yeah. That was just a good place to fill up with gas before you got to New Orleans. And oh, We stopped there because of the boudin. Um, but it's good, too. They don't have cracklings, I don't think. I've never noticed them there. So did you eat anything good while you were fishing? Because you pretty uh, much went down as far as you can go. Yeah. I mean, the so goal. the fish camp said, that we uh, stayed in, I did. I had something awesome. Snapper throats. Oh, we've so, had those before, yeah. Yeah, I've, but I grilled them when yeah, I did them. I like yeah. basted them in butter and king crawl and lemon juice and cooked them on a Weber over fire. But this one, they deep fried them, and they were 
phenomenal. Really? Yes. Would it pull, you know, because. Oh, it was like eating, to me, it was like eating delicious, like crab meat off the. Yeah. That's what, it, the, it's sweeter. Yeah. And if you don't be like red snapper throats, man, they are phenomenal. Don't throw those away. And I'm wondering, like, so all the guides come in because it's snapper season down there now. And we saw like people that went out the day we redfished kind of inshore. There's a bunch of boats that went offshore and they were bringing in tuna and I saw swordfish and a bunch of them had snapper and they were just filleting them and tossing the carcass. And they, they had these guys in a little dinghy boat that would take out garbage can loads. I guess they were going out there baiting stuff. Yeah, chumming. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would do. I was like, we need to follow those dudes and see where they're fishing <laughs> or dumping that because yeah. you know there's fish there. But um, they were just, and I, so I wondered if there's a little at the dock. Above the fish check-in place, there's like a restaurant, and they, that's where we got the snapper throat. That's the only thing on this little the end of the line there. Did they have that on the menu? Yeah, and it was an appetizer, but it was two giant snapper throats for like I don't know, I think it was ten bucks. It was a deal. Me and Mikey, me and Mikey, Jamie, and Mark all got snapper throats, yeah. and it was you couldn't eat like I only ate one. Me and Mikey split one because it was two big ones, and it was plenty to eat. Um. So it's kind of it kind of looks like a bat to me or something. Yeah, but when you fry it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It just looks like I don't know. I mean, kind of, but it's all you know, crispy and got a good batter on. Did they it. cut them in half or it's no, just one? No, whole it's one whole piece with the double fins out yeah, to the side. Yeah, yeah. And look, those fins were so they were crispy. crispy. Melt. There was like a it was like a fish a fin potato chip. <laughs> it was delicious. It was. I said, Mike, you got to try. You got to try. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and I said, Mike, you got to try the fin. He said, Man, I'm from your door. I already ate both mine. And I looked <laughs> over. He already ate, he ate the fins first. <laughs> but it was good. The onion rings were good. The drinks were killer. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that Tito's Club Soda Lemon. That's my drink of summer right there. Try to keep the calories low. Um. So, you, well, why, the before we left, it was Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Oh, at the, can I talk some more about the fish camp? Yeah, definitely. So they Go fed ahead. us like they. I mean, you didn't have to eat at the restaurant. They, they, the lady that owned the place would do a breakfast, which only thing I ate was like a banana, and then they they had all the stuff to make sandwiches for your boat trip, and then that night they could. Are you making dinner. your own sandwich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had it all laid out, and you could make sandwiches. What kind of like? What were your? Oh, options? it was just like you know turkey, ham, roast beef. Oh, okay. Like it was good, but they, hey, on a Jeez. boat, what more do you need? Yeah, I love a boat. Cheese, mayo, mustard. Yeah, it gets all like melty and In comes together. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Delicious. know what it is. Out there, about it's it. hot on the water. Yeah, like a beach. We had yeah. a beach sandwich this last week. But she did at night. The first night we got there, she cooked redfish, and it was. Really How'd good. How'd she cook it? She just had a big, you know, big skillet and blackened them right there okay. on the stove at the dock. They had like a little picnic, screened in picnic area kind of underneath their part of the lodge. And that's where she cooked. It was like a little kitchen there and a stove and stuff. She did, um, man, she did this ravioli and like a Cajun cream sauce that was dang good. And I said, man, did what? you? I said, I know you didn't make all the ravioli because it's a big thing. Because, you know, there's other groups there. And I said, where'd you get them ravioli? Because they, they tasted better than what we get at Sam's. She got the restaurant of, depot. Like cheese ravioli? Yeah, it was just like a cheese. I okay. think it had crab in it. No, it was just like cheese with a yeah with the kind of Cajun cream sauce. They were really good. But she got them at restaurant depot? Yeah, restaurant depot. And then the next night she did like a shrimp guacamole, she called it. It was like guacamole, cho- uh, rustic guacamole, you know, chopped up avocado yeah. and pico and all that with shrimp in it. Oh, Is she it- had shrimp in the ravioli too. Cause she said everything down here is shrimp. I guess they get the, the the boat captain said, "Man, we can get these large shrimp for like four bucks a pound." 
So they get on. I mean, there's shrimp boats everywhere. It's like Bubba Gump headquarters yeah. <laughs> down there. But so we had shrimp with everything. And then I think that uh, the next night we had the the guac with chips. We had pork. How was the guac? It was that good. Right up my house. Oh yeah. Oh you know, the fresh guac. You can't already beat it. Yeah. And then she did. They had a. She had a Traeger sitting there. It was like Pro Seven Eighty or whatever it was. Okay. And so she did a pork loin. She told me she was doing pork butt. On that, she's gonna crank that smoker. And I asked her, so what do you do that smoker there? I didn't know if she was smoking redfish or you know, yeah. other stuff. She said, I'm doing my like, great, you know, I don't really, <laughs> really come down here and eat barbecue, yeah. And so, but it, it ended up being a, more of them it ended up being a pork loin. But after we got off the boat, that's when we got the snapper throats and the onion rings. Their onion rings die for so good. So, and my buddy great. Tater put me on those. He said, Go there, get the snapper throats. And I already knew what we were gonna get. Yeah. But uh, so we went back over there. About tell me about the onion ring batter. Oh, it was like a super light, like they almost it there. Yeah, 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 hand cut, dipped there, but super light batter, yeah. not like a Huey's extra thick, crunchy yeah. milk flour cornmeal. It was almost like a panko, not a panko, yes. uh, tempura. Mm-hmm. You know how they do the mm-hmm. little tempura vegetables at Japanese place? That's what this was like, and it was really good. And then they had the remoulade in a squeeze bottle right there on the bar. So you, that's that was going. It's worth the drive down there. Enjoy that. Yeah, to do that. Oh, we stopped at the daiquiri shop. <laughs> Tater put me on. He said you got to go get the dirty monkey, extra shot. I don't know what the extra shot was. <laughs> and then they had they sold these soaked cherries. You got like five soaked cherries for a dollar. So just give us a cup of them. <laughs> we got a daiquiri cup of those. I don't know. <laughs> a full daiquiri cup of yeah, it. You just drank what some dirty monkey. Rome? Probably Everclear. Oh, okay. <laughs> Something like a <laughs> yeah, moonshot. Yeah. Something. They were stout. Yeah. They were stout. But the, and the daiquiris were too. You, know, you told them to put the extra shot in. It was about like a bushwhacker. That's they called it a dirty monkey. Slow. Yeah, that was not. <laughs> it's full of sugar. We it? came in hot though. Because that was like on the way down. Like, they told us to look for it. And we get down there. Of course, there's no cell phone service. It's like my when I was trying to do my app getting down there, it was like showed me out in the Gulf. You know, it's like the roads over here. It's taking a left, and I'm out in the water. I'm like, <laughs> you follow this thing, we're getting wet. But we were looking for this daiquiri shop, so we passed it. So we cut a U-turn and went back to the daiquiri shop. I love a drive-through daiquiri. Heck yeah, yeah. Oh, the girl was like, "Hey, you the barbecue guy?" We pulled up this Cajun woman. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do some videos or whatever. And she said, y'all come in. Y'all can try all of them. <laughs> I, was like, I said, we'll be back. <laughs> we didn't We didn't make it back. She wanted us just to hang out. <laughs> when I was life, I would pull up Life 360 and look. It had you like in the parts unknown. Yes. <laughs> you go as far as you can on land in Louisiana, yeah. going straight south of New Orleans. I mean, it's all the way at the tip. Did y'all see cruise ships going by? Um, I didn't see any crew. They come right through there because yeah. they go right down the Mississippi from New Orleans. But I didn't see I any. I mean, you were in the Gulf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went, Well, we went out to the edge. See, there was a storm sitting out there all weekend. It was kind of out by y'all. It was like a low-pressure depression or something they called it. And it was churning up the water where we were. So there was another storm. We were running out to these islands that were out there. But we were trying to wait out a storm. And that's where we caught all our fish. Like, we went out the mouth of one of the canals and we sat on the grass, and we were just kind of watching it on the radar. And he's like, well, we'll give it, you know, 30 minutes or so. If y'all want to pitch a line, you can. I mean, we we caught a limit of redfish. Then we pulled out 20, and the captain said it had been like two or three days they had had horrible fishing. Like they might catch them four or five a day. 
off the bat, Mark Cook's one is 30 inches. And then I was like, oh, we might be onto something. So we started pitching right up against the grass and we're just throwing shrimp over the, on a cork. Just old school fishing. Really? Yeah. Oh, you'd love it. Pole? Yeah. I wasn't no Snoopy <laughs> pole. Them things fight. But we, I mean, we wore them out. And he was like, man, I did not expect that. So he was trying to get us out to these islands that he knew there were supposed to be some different fish out there. But we never did get to go. Once we caught our limited reds, we went back to some oyster beds and started trout fishing. And we caught some black drum. We caught some specks. I mean, we caught a ton of those crappy catfish. Do y'all eat those? Or no, no, yeah. no. We, he hated to see those because that means he's got to hook. He, he I mean, has to mess with yeah, them. Yeah, because those things got some poisonous barbs on them. Oh, Mike, he had a spot on his arm. That was from grabbing catfish in the lake. Oh, he was at he was at his brother's. They got some boxes in the water. He jumped in there and was sticking his arms in there trying to get a. Oh, I thought it was on your trip. <clears throat> no. But we had a big time, and we were going to go tuna fishing the next day, but the, the seas, it was like. When you say tuna fishing, what size y- tuna yellow are you talking oh, about? Oh, there were some of them that were, you know, I would say over 100, 150 pounds. There's some okay. big, big tuna. So There's a lot of them, you know, 40 to 60 pounds that came in. So is it like those tunas that they... On that show you watch? No, it's not like Wicked Tuna. Yeah. Those are different species. Those are way bigger. I think those are bluefin. These are all blackfin and yellowfin. Okay. You don't really see too many bluefin down there, or not this time of year anyway. There might be some, you know, certain times of year. But but I'm ready to go back. I'm ready to go back. That and get some tuna fun. fishing. Yeah. Do you fish tuna with a cork and a snippy pot? No, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> totally different fishing. But I do want to buy one of those center console boats. I know. <laughs> so we can just go ahead and put that money down on one, maybe. Talk to the bank. <laughs> I usually just drag my feet, don't say too much, and you, <laughs> something else shiny catches your eye. <laughs> That'll make you want one going down there. But it's like the fishing capital of the world down there. I mean, it's awesome. Um, so before we left, it was Memorial Day. Yes. And so you cooked two, what do you call them? Pork collar? What are they? What yeah, do you it's call collar, collar trim butts. Collar so these were some butts. that Kevin had sent me a while back because I think they, they what happened was they started making these legal for KCBS cooking for a pork category. Well, for, what are they? So a collar trim butt is the best parts of a butt. They, they chop it off before that blade bone. So you get the money muscle in, and these have beautiful money muscles on them. They do. All the tubes behind it and a little bit of what we call that bacon or that fat cap on top with that good meat, and that's it. There's no bones. They probably weigh three – I don't even know if they get up to four. They might get to four pounds. Three, somewhere in that Yeah, range. somewhere in that yeah. range because it's half a butt, you know. Yeah. But it's the best part of the butt. And I'd had them in the freezer for, you know, a couple months, and I was like, I just wanted to cook some barbecue for Memorial Day. Just It was just us at the house make some nachos and sandwiches or whatnot. And so I seasoned them up and just threw them on the pellet grill. I, I put them on, let's see, was that Friday night maybe? And I put them on like yeah. at, at 11, 11 o'clock and just put the pellet. I had them on that grill, a pellet grill on like 200 degrees. And I just, the next morning I got up about six, seven, went out there and pro, I put my probe in them, let it run. It was on my app all night. So it was super easy. And I was watching them, and they were like 165, 170 when I got up about you know, six, seven hours later. So I wrapped them up and just let them roll till they got to like. Did you crank the heat up after you Yeah, I, bumped it, I did bump yeah. it up to like 250, 
just to get them through that stall. And man, they were in a few more hours. They hit temp, and I threw them in one of our little dry coolers, you know, the little party stacker, and let them hang out till that afternoon. Because I was like, I'm gonna just, you know, give them a good four hour rest. Yeah, and man, they were They're awesome. Very good. Yeah, awesome. So I pulled one of them immediately, and that's what we ate on. Well, the other one I had. I just left it wrapped and put it in a Ziploc bag and threw it in the refrigerator. Well, the next day, I was like, I got to do something with that butt. So I unwrapped it, and instead of pulling it, I sliced it thin, and it was amazing. It made like – it's kind of like – do you remember when we went to Kansas City? And I, I think it was Bryant served the sliced pork. That was what it was like. And and slicing it cold, you could get those thin slices with a knife, and it just – you could see – what was cool about it is you're seeing that cross-section of the butt so you're seeing every tube in it, all yeah. the muscles of it, and then it's kind of encapsulated by, you know, a little bit of that rendered fat. And so it's stayed juicy. So I, all I did was pop it in the microwave for a few seconds. It don't take long. And you just pile it up on a, on a, on a bun or whatever and make a great sandwich. It, yeah. I don't even think you need to – you could eat it cold. Yeah, you could. Do a yeah, cold yeah, yeah, you could. Uh, yeah, cold. Almost like a cold I pet. made – so I made a wrap with it, and I called it my Cubano wrap. <laughs> it's because I put – but I did it a little different. I was trying to eat a little better, so I put you know one of those low carb wraps down. Yeah. I put uh, some pork down, then I put some cheese on top of it, and then I put some turkey, and then I put pickles ah, on it, okay. and then I drizzled and drizzled, uh, and I heated that up. And then I drizzled it with a little bit of just yellow mustard, like they do a, a, a Cuban sandwich, yeah. and then rolled it up. It was dang good. I took a bite of it. I thought it was pretty good, yeah. and I'm not a big fan of mustard. <clears throat> but I also cooked. Uh, we went to visit my mom and dad, and my mom wanted some crab legs, so I cooked some. Man, I cooked what eight pounds of crab. That's probably legs. the best crab legs you've ever. Cooked. You can't beat crab legs on a pellet grill. I don't know if it's the the light smoke because you do get a little grill flavor from it, or if it's the in the in combination of the air moving across that pellet grill, it gets those shells just brittle enough where they still pack full of more. And you baste them with the butter and stuff, of course, but it gets that shell just right. Every single one of them. Would would pop leg out, yeah. pop out. I mean, it was phenomenal. Shout out to Crawfish Haven for having good crab. That's the best crab legs you can buy around here. Um, Froze. I mean, you know, y'all know they're already cooked. When they're processed on the crab boat, they, I don't know what they do, flash boil them or what, they, yeah. they're fully cooked and then they flash freeze them. So all you're doing is warming them up. So uh, I warm them up on the pellet grill. They're phenomenal. And I've seen people comment that you basting them with butter doesn't really – do anything for the meat? I, have I to beg argue to differ that. on that. Yeah, it gets. I swear it gets in there. Try it before. Yeah, you try it before you. Yeah, put them on there and don't do it, and then put them on there and baste them with that butter and green crawl and you, lemon juice mixture. You also cook some shrimp in butter so, right beside it or on yeah, another grill, but yeah. you cooked it right there. And to me, the crab legs had more buttery flavor on the inside of that shell than the shrimp did. cooked in all the butter. The butter yeah. yeah. So I did. So I was kind of. Doing my take on the crab legs with shrimp, I took them frozen. Now, these I bought them from the same place, Crawfish Haven, and they have awesome shrimp, too. But they're they're peeled, deveined, and froze raw. And so all you got to do is cook them. Well, instead of letting them thaw out, I just took that, I think I bought, I don't know, four pounds, something like that, of shrimp, put them in a big pan, took two sticks of butter and patted it out. So, so with these froze shrimp, I was treating them like those crab legs. I took, I don't think it was four pounds, put in a large pan, frozen now, spread them out, 
patted them with two sticks of butter, just kind of cut it up, spread it around, and seasoned the heck out of it with king craw and a little parsley, and then put that pan of frozen shrimp on the smoker. And it was running 350. You know, it had a light smoke, but I'm really just wanting to heat. And I was going to see what it would do because I knew those crab legs, after 10 minutes, you know, they're thawed out mm-hmm. and absorbing flavor. Well, these shrimp were the same way. In 10 minutes, I'd done created this butter bath of them. And you just start them up and reseason them just a little bit. And another, I don't know, I don't even know if it was maybe 20 more minutes, 30 maybe, minutes total, yeah. they were perfect. And then I just covered them up, stuck them down in the cooler, and they stayed warm until we ate them at my mom and dad's. And I traveled with them. And those the shrimp were phenomenal. They would just have really the good. little snap to them. I mean, they were perfectly yes. cooked. You didn't have to worry about overcooking them. And I've never, first time I've ever done, because I always let them thaw out. But do them froze, it works just the same. It just takes about 10 extra minutes. And it saves you a step of yeah. pulling out a strainer Letting and them thaw and all in that, the sink yeah. and everything. Um, Try I, that. I was helping you stir that. And I did notice that the shrimp on the edges were getting a little more done. So you'd have to kind of fold them in, fold them in yeah, and yeah. move the ones on the inside out. And, but it was, it worked. It yeah. worked. I'd, so I did some experimenting, I guess, over Memorial Day with yeah. the, so the collars pork, and the, and the, so the pork collar butts. That's what they're called, right? Pork yeah. collar butts. Collar trim butts. Collar yeah. trim butts. Is pork collar a thing? Is that am I saying that wrong? It's a, no, that's it's right. Collar yeah, trim. yeah, collar trim. Yeah. Or they, they might call it pork collar. I don't know. I mean, how come I haven't heard about them ever? So the they've been around. Oh, they've been around a long time. They just uh, were illegal to cook in competition barbecue. Gotcha. Because you know, people, you know, Snake River Farms had them for ever since we were buying Snake River Farm briskets. Okay. They called them CT butts. And that's what the rules were. You can't use CT butts or whatever. That's collar trim. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, and I think they use them a lot when they're uh, curing meat. It looks like when you sliced it, yeah. when it was cold and you sliced it, it looked like a. Uh, what's it? Uh, I'm trying to think. What's, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I'd have to <laughs> the look. The meat you put on a charcuterie capicola. board. Capicola. Yeah, yes. I think that's it. it. That's what they turn. It like yeah. a capicola. Yeah, and that's what it is. They take that and they age it and they cure it and age it yeah. and hang it up and it shrinks it down. But it's that perfect money muscle tube, and that's where it comes from off that end. But if you so, what I like about it is it's all good meat. There was no no waste yeah. on it. And if you're not no wanting bomb. to cook a whole butt, if you got a small family, it's. I mean, we had we had plenty of it. Yeah, Michael had some friends yeah. over, and we ate. And oh yeah, it was good. It was really good. I think we even had some left over after yeah, all was. of us ate. Um. So yeah, it was really good. Uh. So your smokehouse is almost done. It's I'm getting the TVs installed today. TVs into your smokehouse, <laughs> multiples. You gotta have if you're gonna be hanging out and you want to watch videos or you know put the YouTube videos up. You gotta have TVs, right? There's a bedroom. Whoever stays there needs a, something to watch when they, you know, lay down, yeah. want to relax. But if I'm hanging out in there cooking, you know, I'm gonna have games on and stuff. Yeah. Pretty much making a sports ball. Right? <laughs> That's what it's starting to feel like. I hadn't bought the kegerator yet. <laughs> I don't know where it could the go. Taps. I need. We need at least three taps, right? Three different kegs. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm, gonna, I'm on your side on this one, man. I'm gonna. I've got the place for the cornhole. Gonna get a dartboard and pool table. We've got a regular sports bar. We do. Oh, <laughs> we do need a good dartboard. Yeah. And we do have a great spot for cornhole. Yep. I'm excited about it. No, it looks great. I did. Uh, what I'm really thrilled with is that epoxy floor they did out in the cooking area. Man, is it just he sprayed it yesterday. I guess they had to prep it one day and let that set, and then they sprayed it. And he was coming back, supposed to come back yesterday afternoon and put the final coat on. 
It looks so good. It's what was the reason for doing the epoxy on the floor? So it's supposed to like it's it's not gonna be as slick as like regular slab wood, you know, regular concrete. Because you know you're gonna spill stuff on it. And it's supposed to be easier to care for. It has some texture to it, but you can still mop it, spray it. And you know, I put a little extra water spigot in inside where I can hook up a hose and spray everything out. Um and that was, you know, something I wanted to do because I know what cooking areas can do, but um that was why I did it. And the color of it kind of helped with the lighting in there. Um, it kind of made it, you know, it's, it's given it, it kind of darkened it up some to where we can control it with the lights overhead yeah. to get better film lighting. So that was one reason why I wanted to put something on the floor that had a shade, like a tone to it. And it's not like super dark. It's just, it has a little bit darker finish than regular, yeah. uh, regular slab would. It looks kind of like rocks or. Yeah, it kind of does. It's textured like that. Now he's going to come back and put a, like a, poly coat or something on top of it to kind of smooth it down some and a protective coating that way you can just brush off but it's not going to be slick at all it's going to have some texture to it so yeah before then it was just a slab of concrete yeah yeah which i didn't even know it could uh, a cooking area could look that nice really. oh yeah it's, it's super nice <laughs> i'm excited screens about it. Yeah, keep got, the flies out i'm excited about that it's got a big fan it's got exhaust system it's the it's cool in there. Like we were out there middle of the day, hot, you know, 90 plus degrees mm-hmm. here in Mississippi. And it was cool in there with just a fan circulating. That's a big, big ass fan. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. That's yeah, the brand. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> It'll it be good. much better yeah. filming. But now comes your part though. The decor. I'm ready. I, you know, only thing I've got is a boar's head that I want in there. <laughs> The rest of it's up to you. <laughs> and TVs. <laughs> and TVs. Yeah, I did my part. That's my part of decorating. I got a big wild boar head mount I'm going to put in there. And then I got some TVs. But hopefully next time we film a video. Yeah. I hope so. The guys from Gorilla Grills. They're, yep, because we're putting some outdoor, uh, like outdoor built-in cabinetry for outdoor bar, they're bringing that. It's already here. It's at the shop. I've got to I'll have the guys take it down on the trailer while we're gone. And then Monday, uh, we're going to go arrange stuff. And then Tuesday, we're shooting some videos of putting that stuff together, installing it. Actually building your outdoor kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the outdoor kitchen part. It's going to make like an L-shaped bar. You know, you got you to have some cabinetry back there to, to do prep and to store stuff and stuff like that. And it just gives it that outdoor kitchen feel. Yeah. Indoor outdoor feel. I love your expert about you've never had anything like this. <laughs> hey, no, this is all super nice to me. I've had some homemade stuff. But I'm excited. You've about never that. had like really countertops. An, uh, yeah, no. never had a sink out in your uh, cooking, cooking area. area. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about the sink. And you've got a fridge, a it's mini got a fridge, mini fridge. We're putting stuff in. Plenty of coal Miller lights. So hopefully, um, next video will be in yeah, the smokehouse. Yeah. I don't know. Do we have anything on deck, Tyler? That's, that's we haven't released. Uh, there will be a spinach dip. So if you're listening yeah, to this, there should be. Yeah. It's got. We've got some stuff that's like we've recorded for the holidays that hadn't yet been released. But the next big one, the next big one will be there. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know what it's going to be yet. I hadn't, hadn't looked at my schedule. July fourth is coming up. Man. Oh, it is. I got to do something. You know what? We've got a brand new. Zero sugar sauce that I'm really excited about, and it's just now on the market. Uh, we got it. I think it came in like yesterday. Yesterday, and it's, is it live yet? Yeah, I think so. So, and I'm so I've got to do something with the, you know, maybe I'm gonna do some sugar free ribs, sugar free ribs or something, sugar free pulled pork. Yeah, 
Chicken free chicken. <laughs> um, it's got to be better for you, right? Keep the keep the diabetes away. <laughs> Nobody wants diabetes. <laughs> so lately, you yeah, you went down there, you caught some fish, and then you came back with a bunch of fish. Came back with fish, and you have a thing about you don't want to freeze the fish. So we've been. We ate fish for three days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we brought back what we caught. I mean, I don't, you know, I believe in you know, cooking, cook or catching cook. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not the catch and release guy, <laughs> catch and cook guy. So I bought back. We brought back some speckled trout and some redfish and some drum. And man, I tell you what, that Weber griddle is bad to the bone on some redfish, ain't it? <laughs> you told me you really like him using a griddle uh, for man. cooking fish. So fish was always. It's always been now. I've always been good at cooking like redfish and red snapper because most of the time I do it on a half shell on a grill, and the skin saves you. But what's a half shell? Uh, where the skin side's still on it. So you so when you get when you clean a fish, you can fillet, we fillet them, and either you fillet it and leave the scales and skin on one side, and that's on the half shell, or you flip it as you make your first cut and then slide that fillet right off, and you got just a perfect fillet. Well, since I knew I was going to do them on a flat top, I didn't leave the skin on. I wanted them filleted. And so what I did, I took some ghee butter that we bought at the store. You could clarify some butter yourself if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. But I got my could flat top. Could you use top. regular butter? Uh, it would probably tend to burn a little more. Oh, okay. What you know? about like an oil? Just you could use an oil. You could use a, you know. A hot tea. Yeah, you could use, yeah, you could use oil too on like it. Like a grapefruit yep, or something. something like that. I just like the nuttiness that clarify uh, ghee gives that fish. Mm-hmm. Oh, it tastes like lobster. <laughs> <laughs> lobster and butter. But I just got my griddle, the Weber griddle uh, on about medium heat. And then, you know, put a little bit of oil down and slicked it up like I was going to do some, you know, just like you would, anything, you're going to cook anything. Yeah. And then I drizzled some of that ghee butter on. I had these fillets that I took out of the refrigerator and patted with paper towel to kind of get them dry. And then I, I brushed them with ghee on both sides and seasoned them with nothing but king crawl. It's almost like a, it kind of acts like a blackening season when you do it this way, even though it's just a Cajun seasoning. And then ghee goes down on the flat top griddle. Put that fillet right in that puddle of it, and just let it sit there. And it's amazing how fast these things cook. Because I'm talking two and a half, three minutes each side. You only flip them one time, and man, they get this beautiful crust on them. They're they're cooking in that ghee, and it's smelling good outside. And in you know less than ten minutes, I've got all the fish cooked and back inside. And, and you're cleaned up, you know. And that was probably some of the best fish I've ever cooked. I don't know if it's because it was so fresh. It looks like the kind you get on a fancy plate at a oh, fancy yeah. fish house, like you know the perfectly cooked crusted fillet. Oh, yeah, the, the crust was amazing mm-hmm. on it, and it like yeah, yeah, I've done it in a skillet. It's it's you know you smoke up your house getting an iron skillet that hot. Yeah, you know you, then you got to clean the skillet, and you got all that that goes to it, and your house smells. Doing it outside on the, on the on like the Weber grill or any kind of flat top is the way to go. I mean, you would, and you cook so many at one time. Like I don't know, I think I cooked. Eight or nine, ten fillets at one time, and by the time you you know you get them going, get them all on there, it's almost time to start back flipping them, and then you flip each one, let them go again, then you take them up. They don't get any easier than that. And it's super easy to clean the griddles. Yeah, I did some shrimp on it too. I did my. It was kind of you know how you go to a hibachi restaurant, <laughs> they have that compound butter all mixed up, and they start the shrimp out on it. They start hitting it with that pats of butter, and the butter starts melting, and they just fold the shrimp in and season it. It's exactly how I did it. And the shrimp was done in three minutes. You've got this 
flat top shrimp. I need to do a recipe on that one. It was That'd really be a good. good. One. Yeah, I made a taco out of those. Yeah, it does make. That's what I did. Yeah, I yeah. think I used the. Uh, I didn't use King Craw. I used the Gringo, the Mexican seasoning on those. Well, you did the. You've done the fish a couple nights. One night you did a King Craw. One night you did the Grande. Yeah, gringo, we made fish, fish tacos. tacos. Yeah. Which and, ones do you like better? Uh, they were both really good. One of them, I made. You know, like I was real happy with the fish. Period. Yeah. So I'm going to say flat top redfish. You could do it anyway. Over, you did a Cajun, it was kind of a. Pilaf. Cajun rice pilaf. Yeah. Which you took like what, peppers and onions, sauteed it up, a uh, little andouille sausage, chopped up, you know, little bitty bite-sized pieces, almost like a bacon bit-sized piece, small as you can dice it. And he got all that saute and threw a cup or two of rice in there, browned that rice, a little butter. Got it nutty and then added your water and cooked it in the skillet with the lid right mm-hmm. there. And that was the bed, the foundation. And while you were doing that, I put together a Cajun cream sauce, which is super easy. Shallot and little andouille sausage and white wine. Then add some cream and reduce it down. Float a little butter in it, a little Parmesan, and season it up good. And that went over like rice pilaf, black and flat top redfish, Cajun cream sauce over the top. And we had some vegetables to go with it. Some uh, sautéed green beans and Those I forgot what the other too. vegetable was. There was one more that went with it. I can't. Uh, potatoes, roasted, roasted potatoes. potatoes. Yeah, dude, those roasted potatoes. How'd you do those? I split new potatoes, washed them, and split them. The little bitty baby kind. Yeah, the little bitty baby bite potatoes, and split them right in half, and then tossed them in olive oil, and then the Greek seasoning, and then I took a little bit of butter. Or a little bit of that ghee and put it in an iron skillet, my big iron skillet. You've been using some ghee uh, lately. <laughs> I used the whole deck jar of it over the week, cooking fish and cooking potatoes. And you were slipping it in some stuff too. Oh, but so I put a little bit of that in the skillet and got it hot in the oven while I was tossing the potatoes and brought it out. And I put those potatoes, I stood them all up, took the time, stood them all up, cut side down in that iron skillet, popped them in that 425 oven. It was like 30, 40 minutes. And it makes them like golden brown and crunchy on that cut side, and the top soft and creamy. Those those were some fire potatoes. They were good. You used- that was a that was a forty dollar fish bill. <laughs> it we did. was. It was really good. <laughs> we it took some really, pictures. Really I think good. I got some cell phone pics of it. But I got to go catch some more fish so we can do some more videos. So I've seen people on like TikTok saying that they're shallow. Uh, they call it a shallow fry. Yeah. They do yeah. the fish on the griddle, mm-hmm. but you consider that's what are you what you're doing? Uh, kind of maybe because like most of the time you do that, I've seen them do it in a skillet, and it's just like a this is little on a bit griddle. of oil. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's on a griddle. Okay, this is yeah. always on a griddle, but it yeah. is more oil than you use. Yeah, I mean you could. Yeah, it's kind of like that. And they were using oil; they weren't using ghee. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that. Mine's more blackened style. Yeah. Like when I when I learned, like remember when we cooked uh, Memphis and May. It was like one of the first years, and we had Chef Steve come out and do the yeah. fish. He did it on an iron skillet over a little eye on a propane burner, and that's who that's how I learned to blacken fish. And he, I forget what kind of fish he brought, but he was running the bullet point or chef at the bullet point back when it was rolling. And he brought a Cajun cream sauce, and I kind of learned what he was doing with that. And I just been that's been my go to way for cooking. You know, a lot of the fish that I go catch. You know, we were talking. I was asking you what a blackening season was, like exactly, because I thought yeah. if it was called a blackening season, that it was something special, like yeah. it, it had something in it that caused the blackening to happen. Um, but I researched it. What'd and, you find out? 
it's really not anything specific. It's just like a Cajun seasoning. It's, it's heavier Cajun with season. peppers and stuff like that. It doesn't have any sugar most time in it. Yeah. It doesn't have a lot of salt either. Yeah. And if it's listed as a Cajun seasoning, it's typically a hotter seasoning. Yeah. But it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. That's what I would say. That's why I use King Crawl Ass. Yeah. I've, so Paul Perdome has a line of, it's called Redfish Magic. And he's got a blackening season. And he's got, you know, several others. And they all taste about the same when you yeah. taste them. But that's what I started using before I... You know, come up with King Crawl, and I wanted mine to have a little more flavor and added a little more salt to it, so you could shake it on, you know, anything. It's it goes anything if you just like that kick because it's got the the typical herbs you would find in Cajun seasoning, like the thyme and the parsley. I use King Crawl in a lot of uh, yeah. Italian dishes. Now we got the Italian stallion. I don't have to, but <laughs> but it's heavier herb. That, you know, yeah, it's got the it's got the basil and the oregano and all that, so it's it doesn't have the peppers. But um, speaking of flat top, <laughs> you cooked some flat top chicken wings. I did. I did. A, I fired up Weber Griddle up again. That was a, a experiment. What What made you want to experiment with that, or where did you see that? Because I want I want to test the bounds of what you can cook on a flat top. <laughs> like if you had to, if that's all you had, could you cook chicken or could you cook stuff on it or how? Because you know you see I see people doing it on TikTok and other you know short content stuff all the time. And I'd seen some people do some wings on it. Must have burned the crap out of them. So I said, well, one, you're cooking them too hot, and you're probably not flipping them often enough. And so I did. That's all I did. I bought, took some whole wings and cut them up party style, drums and flats. And then I put them in a Ziploc bag and put the put the blue plate to them. That was you my, put the blue plate so, to them. So, so when you're cooking on flat top, you got to oil stuff, right? Speaking of blue plate, it's, best mayonnaise on the planet. Since 1927. <laughs> New Orleans quality. That's right, quality. There it is. Yeah. If you're choosing mayonnaise this weekend, make sure you choose, choose blue, blue plate. plate. That's right. If you're choosing mayonnaise, <laughs> choose blue plate. And look for that hot and spicy one. That's my new favorite. If you can find the hot and spicy, let us know. You know we're out here. I know I'm out. They don't have it at our Kroger yet. Uh-uh. I don't have it at Walmart. Walmart. Yeah, I should have stopped at one of the Rouse's down in New Orleans. Yeah, uh, but the they New Orleans had it. proper and got some. I went to I Rouse's. Oh, did you? Yeah, in, in Orange Beach. Yeah, yeah. I bet you they have it down there. Do you know how good that would be on wings? Because it would work. It would give you that hot wing flavor. I didn't think about it. I didn't have enough to do it yeah. with the house. We eat the stuff. but uh, So I knew that you have to put a lot of oil down to get these wings right. And so instead of just covering my griddle constantly and having to add oil, I said, I'm going to use mayo as a binder. Yep. It's going to be the oil on the outside. It's going to help it brown up because I've done it with chicken and chicken wings on the regular pellet grill. I know what it does at higher temps. Do you also feel it gives you a little tangy flavor, too? I don't think you would know it was mayo. Like, when those wings were done, nobody would know you had them coated in mayo. But it allowed me to season them, too, and get that season in there. And if I'd had that hot and spicy, it would have made it. It would have gave it the look. They'd have had that orangey look. And so all I did was throw them on a Ziploc bag, put the mayonnaise in there, season them up. And then dump them out on my preheated flat top. And I kept it about the temperature. It's probably a little less than, than medium. I would say a, a medium low because I wanted them to cook because that wing's thick. You yeah, know? yeah. And it's going to cook on that flat surface. That's your only heat. There's no overheat on it. It's going to cook bottom up. So whatever side it's on, that's where it's getting most of the heat. And so if you left it and didn't turn it and had your heat too high, they're going to burn up oh yeah and so now what i like now, way what, before they get done what i have noticed with this uh it's the 27 inch griddle from weber or flat standalone griddle i think they call it it he it, it's the perfect size for heating 
from side to side, corner to corner. Like I said, I've got a bigger 36 inch Blackstone at camp and there's spots on it that don't, yeah, that don't the get edges. the heat. Yeah. So it heats up really hot in the center over the eyes, but out to the edges, you know, it doesn't get as hot. Yeah. So the Weber one, I could use that whole surface for cooking these wings. So when I got it medium low heated, they went on and they just started sizzling and I just kind of lined them up. Well, not, did you explain? So you put it in a Ziploc bag, mayonnaise, seasoning, AP, cayenne pepper. Cayenne pepper. Yeah, yeah, just for and hot onion, wings. Onion powder, I think. Yeah. I, garlic I was, and onion powder or just, just onion gar- powder? Yeah, just the onion because I'd already had the garlic and the AP. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I, did, I was did you just playing. No, I was just playing. You just Because I was just, the real, real reason was this is can you cook those wings on that griddle? Yeah. And so. That was, and I just tossed that around. They don't have to like marinate in it or anything. I pretty, you much, pretty much tossed them, dumped them. Yeah, get them coated up good and dump them. And you could, I don't even, I didn't even season them anymore because I knew I was going to put them in a sauce. And so I lined them up on the griddle and just kind of kept them in rows. And by the time I would get them all, you know, flipped, and I'd go, I don't know, Tyler, what do you think it was? Three or four minutes, and I'd flip. Mm-hmm. I think and, in total, it was couldn't have been more than like twenty to thirty. minutes. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, ha- yeah half hour probably tops the whole cook. Yeah. I mean, the whole time. And the just, whole time you're turning them. Yeah, you're oh, just that's turning a lot them. Of work. Not really. I mean, <laughs> a lot of work. I'd let them go. So I, by the time you, <laughs> you got each wing part. turned, you know, you get set two minutes, and it's time to start yeah. turning them back. And then, of course, the flat started getting done a little bit before because some of the you know the big drums are thicker and more mass, and so I kind of started separating flats in one row, drums in one row, and then as the flats would get done, I'd take them up. But I was just looking for the perfect crispness on them, and I had my thermopin there because I didn't want to you know wings are done at one sixty five, but I don't like to eat them at one sixty five. I like to eat them closer to two hundred, even two hundred two is like my magic, but. For some people, that might be, you know, too much for a, a chicken uh, wing. But it's if the bones pop out, the bite's perfect, the skin's good. So I was trying to slow them down and get them to that two hundred two. Now I never, I never let any of them go to two hundred two. It was like one ninety five. Yeah, because because I didn't want to burn them. That was my whole thing. And if I kept turning them, they wouldn't burn. If you turn, they don't burn. So that's all I was doing was doing that, and it made a nice crust on the outside. Yeah. Um, uh, while that was going on, I had me a little pan with some melted butter and some hot sauce and, uh, threw a little, I think honey in there just kind of made a little wing sauce with it. You could use a store-bought wing sauce, whatever, but they were going to get tossed in that at the end. So I knew I was going to get more flavor from them. So I just wanted to develop that crust and get the chicken done. And that's what I did. Once they're all done, I tossed them. We tried them. Uh, verdict was, yes, you can cook pretty decent chicken wings yeah. on the flat top. I liked them. Yeah. Are they... That, that see that was my thing with them the texture of them if you've ever had like a frozen wing that you've done in the air fryer or the oven or something like that that texture is different than a smoked or a fried wing yeah it's just it's, it changes it's the texture soft. yeah it's, and i kind of like that you like it i do like i, mean, I like softness. it they're good they you remind, don't get the crisp or the crunch on yeah it's though. not as it's not near as crunchy even though it develops that crust it's not near as crunchy and they're good they're just not I wouldn't say they're as good as doing them on the pellet grill or doing them on a, a vortex yeah. or, or even deep frying them. I, I would they, eat them because it's chicken wings. I love chicken wings, but <laughs> they had a great flavor. Yeah, the flavor, the yeah. sauce was good. The flavor was good. It worked. What do you think, Tyler? I loved them. I thought they yeah. were really good. Yeah. Did you notice that there was a texture, like a little bit, but like I'm, a softer texture? Like I could see if that's like your only option, and like say you were like camping or something, and you had one with you, like you could absolutely do chicken wings. Yeah. 
good chicken wings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, people would like them. It was it was kind of like, have you ever had wings from like Domino's or one of these pizza places that <laughs> sells better wings? Than Domino's <laughs> no, no. But the texture wise is what I'm talking. Yeah. They're way better flavor because yes, they just put raw chicken in there and drizzle some kind of sauce over theirs. But the textures are good. That it's like that oven cooked wing. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. It's, that's that's a better way to put it. It's like an oven cooked wing or an air fryer cooked wing, opposed to grilled or deep fried. Yeah, but they're but, pretty good. But they're really like it's like the fat underneath the skin rendered really well. Yeah. So you didn't have a lot of pullback. The skin, so the skin was really bite through. Yeah. But the chicken, like the texture, if you were looking for something crunchy or a, a bite, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it wasn't there. Yeah. Could you have? Once you got them done, you pulled them off and tossed them in sauce. Could you have poured the sauce on the griddle too and kind of let it caramelize a little? See, or? I thought about that, but you never want to put like too much acidity on a steel surface. It's like you don't put a tomato sauce in your cast iron. It's not good to, you know what I mean? Because it can does something yeah. to the metals or the, the coating you've got on it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to like mess up. I didn't want to mess up my flat top. With so I was vinegar. scared to put. A vinegar, anything vinegar based on it, and so I've seen people clean it, but it's always like restoring one that's been rusted. They put the vinegar on there and scrub it, and it starts taking the stuff off. And I was like, man, I don't want to risk because I worked to get this the Weber griddle one seasoned really well, yeah. and I burn it in a bunch, and that's uh, you know, it, it, so it's 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 slick. Nothing wants to stick. Like I cook eggs on it, and they don't stick. I mean, everything's like the surface is perfect, and so and. Do you think it takes time to build that surface on a griddle? Yeah, it does. It takes cooking on it. And I've learned like cooking sausage and bacon and stuff like that. Burgers, that's what season, burger yeah. season is the best. But I don't mean, I usually don't even have to put water on mine. Whenever I get through cooking, that's the, the downside to cooking on a flat top is that you cook fast and everything's done. Well, you're not done. You can let somebody else take the food in and go serve or whatever. You got to stay out there and take care of that grill. So what I do is I immediately scrape everything down. I put some more of my grapeseed oil on it. I start using uh, – before I do that, I scrape it all down and use paper towel to really go over it good. And then I put grapeseed oil, and I've still got it on medium-high heat that whole time. I put more grapeseed oil on it, start rubbing that in good, just like I'm seasoning it again. I let that start to smoke and smoke off. If you don't do that, it'll get sticky and gummy on you. Or if you put too much oil, you don't want to do that. But you want to put a light coat, rub that and in, rub it. let yeah. that heat up, let that smoke off, and then step that temp all the way down, let it start cooling down, then cut it off and let it sit there. And it'll be, and you could you could wipe it with another paper towel if you needed to, but most of the time it's slicked over. So there's no need to put harsh, chem, you know, anything, water, yeah. vinegar. You don't have to do anything like that to clean it. I had to. And with the griddle, the Weber griddle has this lid that comes with it that just kind of sits on the back. Well, I immediately, once I turn it off, I put that over it. And so it keeps dust. It keeps anything that might be yeah. on your patio off of it. So it's ready to go the next time. But that whole process isn't that long. It's pretty no, quick. No, it's pretty quick. I mean, five minutes maybe. Yeah. Tops. And then, like, I sit there with it forever. But you do want that oil to smoke off some. That's what seasons it back. So. But I I like cooking on a flat top. It's it's fun. I've enjoyed it too. I didn't think I'd enjoy it that much. I figured the time it took you to get it set up and the time it took you to clean it up after the fact would deter me from cooking on it. But see, I think you make up that, that time by the amount of quantity of food you can cook on it while you're doing it. That's true. Because the thing, if you were cooking pancakes in a skillet on the stove, take forever. You can only cook you know one pancake or you know some, maybe two or three small ones at one time. 
Well, that griddle, I can cook all the big pancakes, you know, <laughs> feed it in. So all the bacon, you know, yeah. all the sausage and eggs or, you know, whatever you're doing, the stir fry, whatever, whatever you want to do, you can cook more quantities faster than you can on pans on a stove. But the the cleanup time, I've been impressed with. Yeah, I mean, it's faster than washing faster dishes. Than yeah, yeah, scrubbing out something in the sink. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of, you have to do it right then. So oh, yeah. you don't have to go back to it later. The only thing is, you don't want to mess up and not clean it. Yeah. <clears throat> then you're screwed. <laughs> you got to start all the way over. That's when you got to get the stuff out and scrub it down and get the brick and all that stuff. And put some elbow grease in it. But if you'll take that time and keep it clean as you're cooking and scrape down, all you're doing is dumping a little grease tray. I have a question for you that I thought was an excellent question from the community. All right. <laughs> Fired at me. <clears throat> So um, last year, I got rid of my stick burner, replaced it with a um, Pro Series pellet smoker. And they absolutely loved it. Um, but the uh, they have a friend that's been using drum smokers and horizontal smokers. And they say um, that's the only way to go. And the pellet smokers cannot match up to the old schools. And they realize that there's, you know, difference in cooking and different types of barbecue that it produces. But this is their main question is, is the old way of doing it really that superior? And when I say the old way of doing it, I mean charcoal, yeah. wood, and tending a fire. I, You know, I think it depends on the taste of the barbecue you want. Like if you want more of an old school smoke, you know, you want to taste the smoke. You want to, you know, taste the the wood flavor in the meat. Your a pellet grill just can't do it as good. Yeah, um, and I've always said that. But, but a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't like a heavy smoke flavor. I think that's why pellet grills. One reason why they're easy to cook on, but another one is they don't want people don't want that heavy smoke flavor. Um, you know, there's some things that I like to taste the the wood in. Like yeah. I'm eating pork butt, I want to taste some wood smoke. If I'm eating brisket, I want to taste that Texas post oak. Or that pecan. But I also um, think that old school barbecue, if you're doing it right, you don't get a heavy, heavy smoke. No, it's not heavy. Yeah, now done right. Yeah. But see, some people like that. Some people think it's got to be Smoking. blowing like a freight train the whole time <laughs> yeah. they're cooking or they're not cooking real barbecue. Yeah. Um, I don't, y'all know I'm a fan of pellet grills. I think there's, I mean, they're, they're way more versatile than a stick burner as far as what you can cook on them. I mean, I'm cooking everything on a pellet yeah. grill, figuring out ways to. And could you do it on a stick burner? Yeah, but I don't, I mean, I've never had chicken wings come off a stick burner that I think is better than what I can do on my pellet grill. Um, there's a lot of stuff. Like turkey. The, the you haven't, I even like turkeys better on a pellet grill. Um, it just cooks poultry better. I mean, I can cook comp stuff where it's heavily sauced and cooked in butter on my pellet grill and stuff. But are it's you not, taking a pellet grill to a comp? Uh, no, no, no. I used to, but. It's just too much to yeah, me. It's too much trouble. We only cook chicken on it. Yeah, we only cook, we only cook chicken on it. <laughs> you didn't cook your. But I still see. I, I, and I like my. If I'm cooking my chicken in a pan in butter with all the sauce at the end and all that, it really it's just about heat control. So I can do that with my stick burner. It's not like I'm trying to over smoke it or anything. So it works the same way. But I just like the versatility that pellet grill gives you. If you had to choose one, and you're wanting to cook everything, get you a pellet grill. Now, if you're wanting to concentrate on authentic barbecue flavor, you know you're going to be cooking yeah. ribs and pork butt and brisket, you know stuff like that that's traditionally got more of a smoke profile to it, I would say the drum or the stick burner is a better choice for you. 
both best of both worlds get you a pellet grill and a drum because they're you know they're both affordable you know and then and they're super easy and to cook on yeah because I think you get that best overall flavor on the drum to me if you want authentic barbecue flavor that drum's where it's at better than the stick burner okay. now. The downside is it's hard to cook a whole pack of brisket on a drum. You can squeeze it in there, but it's just you you're know, limited on your yeah. Style. You're limited on your space on that twenty two inch rack. Two racks. Unless you buy the big drumzilla that <laughs> that blue sauce cooking. Can you out, imagine controlling the temp on that? <laughs> I'd like to see how that thing cooks. Yeah. I need to ask Tim how how that thing cooks. I need a demo on it. So you're saying there is no one right way to do it? No, it's up to you how you want to do it. I don't. I mean, that's a valid argument from both sides. It's like I mean. Which one's better, uh, you know, Ford oh. or Chevy? It's kind of that thing, you know, <laughs> or electric versus, you know, gas, right? I mean, I there's merits for all for all of it. I don't think somebody's less of a pit master, if you want to call it, you know, if you want to be a pit master, if you cook on a pellet grill versus a stick burner. I think you need to learn all of it. Fire manage is key. When you, you know, if you want to really be concentrate on being the best cook you can be, you got to learn to cook on everything. Be versatile. But a pellet grill is a tool. To me, it's how you want to spend your time. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, there's a trade-off. Like, I'm not going to go. Put a stick on a fire every no, hour? No, that's just not fun. Worry about the fun. wind and all that? You just want to set it and let it roll. I do just want thing. the effect at the end, and most of the time I'm not cooking. But I enjoy it when you do it. I would, You know, that <laughs> that would be interesting to, to, to cook the same piece of meat on three or four different grills and, and, and let somebody taste them and see if they could pick which grills it came off of. And which one was the crowd favorite? That'd that be really, really interesting. Because I mean, because I know, I mean, I can cook a brisket almost as good as I can on my stick bar on my pellet grill. Now, it takes a lot longer, and I keep the temp super low, so I'm in that smoke zone more. But it would be hard for somebody to tell one versus the other, I think. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be a good little experiment to That run. would be. Maybe we do that at the smokehouse sometime. Yeah. Get some, some people to come. You'd have to have... A lot of control, you know, like they'd all have to be seasoned the same yeah. and all have to be done the same and all and rested. work your time the, out. Yeah, where they're done at the same time yeah. too and rested the same time. Yeah. And see if you could tell. It's interesting. That's very interesting. I actually have a community question that somebody was asking. I don't remember exactly <coughs> who it was, but somebody wanted to see an Out the Smoke episode on it, so I'm assuming they want your take on it. Um, have you heard about people mixing uh, pellets and, like, Pieces of chunks of wood so, in the popper. Greg brought that up on Barbecue Central Channel uh, show last Tuesday when I was on there, um, and that was one of his YouTube poll questions because somebody was doing it. I think he said with the Lone Star pellet grill. I'm, I'm familiar, you know. I, I'm like Greg. I heard so, of the brand, but I don't know their pellet grills. But what they're doing to get more smoke flavor in a pellet grill, they're mixing the Lone. I guess Lone Star has their own line of wood chips. They're mixing like wood, the chips. wood chips. I don't know what size. Okay. When I've seen wood chips, they're flakes. Yeah. Like shavings almost. You know, they're smaller pieces, but they're mixing them with pellets and running it through their hopper, their auger, into their fire pot and creating more smoke. And he was like, his question was, would you do it or would you not do it? Would you do it? I said I wouldn't do it when I cook on all the time, but with an old <laughs> banger pellet grill that I don't carry, an experimental one, heck yeah, I want to try it. And that's, I think, and I told him, I was like, yeah, that's, I mean, now that he brought that up, I want to see what it does because you know we've done like minced onion, uh, minced garlic, yeah. flavorings, and put you know and different mixed, stuff in there. We've mixed in those charcoal pellets. Then we mix charcoal pellets to give us more heat. Yeah, so there, I've and I've ran blends. I've blended my pellets a lot before I started buying a pre-blended bag, 
just to get different flavors in it. Um, and so you can tell like when it's, um, you know, when I've added like wood chunks in there on my diverter to give more flavor, it does make more smoke. So I don't know, you know, if that's not the best way versus putting, I don't know what wood chips will do to one. I would, I may immediately think, man, they're going to get hung up because the pellets dense. It's made to go through that auger. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen when it starts pushing, you know, flakes of wood or chips of wood in it. Is that going to bind up? Is it going to get soft? Because the machine's not built to do that. Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, that's not what they intend for. And I bet the manufacturer would say only do pellets in it. Yep. You know, so, and and is it going to burn hotter and do something different to the controls? Like, because, you know, everything's temperature controlled on how that auger speed works. And if it's noticing those uh, wood pellets are bar- making it burn a lot hotter, it might not drop as much and you might get burnout. So I don't know. It, that would be a good experiment to run too to see and, what they do. I'm, uh, I'm going to try it. I just need to find a pellet grill I want to do it on. And I'm not sure what I did, but one time I started a fire in the auger and it it backfired. It yeah, backfired. that's they they do it sometimes. So that would be a concern too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. I need to get just a yeah. I need I need to. You need someone to donate you a, <laughs> a, piece a beater. Of, yeah, yeah, a beater. <laughs> I think we got I probably one. Got one. Yeah, yeah, we probably got one. We got a couple back. Willing there. to sacrifice. You <laughs> yeah. can be upset if I. There's one. I'm not going to name it, but it was supposed <laughs> to be a really good one, and it yeah, yeah. is not living up to its name. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind. Uh, after that, we could. Blow it up. I know Mark's been itching to do it. <laughs> He's itching to blow something up with some Tannerite. So. <laughs> well, Malcolm, that's all I have for you today. All right. We didn't even talk about all your uh, beach prep. That was good stuff that people might want to Oh, yeah. yeah. Vacation we'll about, planning. We'll talk about that because we're doing it for our, our weekend this weekend, too. I'm, I'm going trout fishing this weekend. So. Um, yeah. I'm going to start a business where I prep for vacation meals. Plan your vacation meals. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I'm good at it. Yeah. But anyway, we'll talk about that next time. But yeah, we appreciate everybody hanging out. Uh, Tyler, what do we got going on in the community? Hey, guys. So if you guys haven't already, make sure you guys head on over to facebook.com forward slash H2Q community where you can join a group of like-minded people. We do giveaways all the time over there pretty much. If you haven't won something, you're probably going to win something eventually. Hopefully. That's my plan. That's my goal. (laughs) Everybody wins. Everybody wins. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then if you want to check out all Malcolm's favorite recipes, make sure you guys download the How To BBQ Right app on the Google Play Store and Apple Store. Shell, what about socially? Where can they get in touch with us? If you would like to connect, connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and of course YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. All right. Well, hey, it's been fun. We'll be back next week to talk uh, more barbecue adventures. Tyler, you're going to be out, right? Having a baby. Tyler, yeah. <laughs> Tyler's wife has a third kid, so. Yep, not me, but yeah, yeah. Y'all, send, y'all send good tidings, all that good stuff. So we, we may have Jake. Is Jacob going to be on the mic? He's yeah. all, <laughs> <laughs> he just eyes just got big. You got Jacob we might have to put him forward. on camera, Jacob. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, we appreciate y'all listening today, and we're looking forward to next week. And y'all have a good one. We gone. <laughs>